Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Supreme Comics, the podcast with me, your host, Maximilian. Um, hasn't been too long. Actually, it's been kind of long. Hasn't been a full month. Hasn't been a full month yet, but it's been kind of a month. Not completely, though, so everything's okay. Everything's all right. So, um, I know I was going to get some... I know I said I was going to get some Moon Knight episodes out. I have a thing where I promise I'm going to get like certain themed episodes out and then I never do in the next episode I say oh I'm sorry I'll do it so so um I do have Moon Knight episodes written I have a few I have a few um I have a few written so they're just ready for me to you know for me to talk for me to explain so we're getting there we're getting there but um I also have a I start I rewatched The Sandman recently and I've written, I wrote, I've heard a couple episodes on the Endless Family, so we're going to be talking about them later on. And I want to get more into the Phantom Stranger later on. I want to talk more about him sometime in the future. Um, not near future, because, you know, most likely not going to get anything out in the near future, but sometime in the future. So we'll talk more about him later on. I'm going to, I'm almost finished writing some episodes on him. But um, anyway, I hope you all had a happy Easter to all my fellow Jewish friends. I hope you all had a happy Passover yesterday. I had a Seder with some friends. It was um, not really a Seder because if um, we were in a synagogue and Christ was actually looking down at us, he would have God strike us with lightning because we were just laughing and being weird the whole time so it wasn't a real seder if it was we would get in so much trouble by all the old jewish people but um anyway let's get right into this episode so recently a few days ago i saw dungeons and dragons honor and thieves i'm a big DD guy i love dungeons and dragons so um i play it all the time so um i really wanted to see this movie so i went to this movie with a couple friends of mine who liked who are in some of my D campaigns we saw this movie a few days ago so let's um review it i'm gonna be talking about the cast um the plot and some funny parts just saying spoilers okay i don't entirely know how to do a spoiler free movie review yet which is weird because i've done like hundreds of movie reviews i think i think a good like 45 percent of my podcast is just movie reviews so i don't a hundred percent know how to make a spoiled review, spoiler-free movie review. So there will be some spoilers in this episode. Just saying. So um, let's get into it, shall we? So the introduction uh, to Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Um, it, they emphasize that they made this movie for everyone. There's a clear, there's clearly a concern that the film may not reach outside the demographic for people who once played or still played Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and there should be because branding can be double-edged. Branding can be a double-edged sword. On the other hand, it targets a massive fan base already familiar um, with the game. On the other hand, the film has to be good enough to break down the familiarity to reach a wider audience. Uh, think of how well The Last of Us is playing to viewers who've never played the game. It's kind of like that. So, how will fans from uh, how will fans of Dungeons and Dragons a game respond to this expensive four-way to their favorite fantasy experience? Well, Dungeons and Dragons, the Dragon Master of Hollywood, may have a fatal surprise for us. So, let's talk about it. The truth is that the game Dungeons and Dragons is often best when it's more ridiculous, ridiculously unpredictable and downright weird. Um, the co-writer slash directors Jonathan Goldstein 
and John Francis Daly and co-writer Michael Gillow. I'm sorry, I've never pronounced their names before. It took me a while. Attempt to recreate that we-need-a-plan structure of the game in a script that feels like it's often making itself up along as it goes, like how most DMs do in the game, or pretending to do so. While the while that's an ambitious way to approach a fantasy film, it can make oddly unsatisfying stretches of the final project by eliminating stakes and forcing light her- lightheartedness. It kind of sounds like I'm hating on the movie. It was it's one of the bet so far the best movie of 2023. It's hilarious. I loved it. There were some really funny parts. Um, so yes, I did love the movie, and it, I know it's sounding like I don't, but I did love the movie. Uh, manufactured spontaneously, it almost impossible and too much of honor among thieves. Feels like it's unfolding with a wink and a nod instead of being legitimately rough around the edges. In the moment and fresh. Um, there are stretches of honor among thieves that have whimsical chaos of Sam Raimi's art, um, Army of Darkness, including a great se- sequence involving the talk- talking to the dead, which was a hilarious part, which we'll talk about later. In the film, often recalls the ragtag team of saviors, um, kind of tone of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Still, the film often plays out like it's faking what the creators love about the game and trying to translate it from one medium to the other. It is still a great movie, though. The typically charming Chris Pine, um, I love Chris Pine, He's hilarious. he was hilarious in this movie, um, plays Edgin Darvis, a former member of a, of a group called Harper's. Um, Ed... Edgin is a bard. He's the bard in the group. For my fellow D&D fans, um, you know what a bard is. For those of you who don't, they are really good at seducing people, which is why I play a bard in every campaign I do. Um, After his wife is killed by an evil group known as the Red Wizards, Edgin tries to execute a heist to retrieve an item that can bring her back to life, but he's betrayed in prison with his BFF, Holga Kilgore, um, who is played by Michelle Rodriguez, a stork barbarian. Um, I... What's hilarious is that he used to be like a super always justice guy like he stands for justice and then he became a thief um in a clever sequence the pair escapes and discover that edgin's dara uh, edgin's daughter i pronounced i combined her name and the word daughter edgin's daughter kira who's played by chloe coleman has been taken and lied to by their team's former ally forge fit william um uh, the, the rogue betrayed Edgin. I was going to tell a story, but then I decided to get back to the episode. The rogue betrayed Edgin. Uh, well, he's not really a rogue. He's more of like a con man. Um, for those of you who play D&D and I've already... Um, this guy is not a rogue. This guy is fat and short. Two things rogues cannot be besides the short. Um, and the team in several ways... He betrays Edgin and the team in several ways, including partnering with a vicious red wizard named Sophina, who is played by Daisy Head. Um, the way they escape is so funny. Like this guy goes up to the, um, council or whatever the judges or whatever the fuck they are. And he goes to them. He goes, he's like trying to get them to pardon him out. And so he tells his life story about how he was a bard and a harper and how he brought people to justice and how he wasn't always a thief, but he kept bringing up this name and that was Jonathan. And he kept saying Jonathan would totally agree and pardon him and was a great choice to be on this case. But Jonathan was held up in a snowstorm. Later we find out that Jonathan was a bird and he wouldn't stop talking about how he wanted Jonathan to be there. So the whole time I was watching, 
the beginning. I was like, who the fuck is Jonathan? Why do you want him here so bad? Is it like your friend? Does he know you? Does he know your story is true? We find out Jonathan's a bird, and they push Jonathan, and Edgen and, Ho- Ho- and Holga, whatever, I forget her name, it's Holga, push Jonathan out the window while riding him as an escape because he's like a bird, half bird, half human creature. I forget the exact name for those creatures. Let me find it, actually. They're like the bird humanoids. I forget I forget the exact name for them. I know it starts with an A. It's um, uh, Aracoca. That's her name. The uh, Aracoca. Those guys. He was one of those guys. And that's basically what he did was he would is uh, he they just used him to escape it was really funny actually i loved it um and then they're like no jonathan and then the dragonborn who was one of the judges goes we approved your pardon like right after they le- left it was hilarious so edgen and holga have several missions in this dnd i'm saying this in air quotes campaign campaign so kira um save, save kira get revenge on forge um, stop the Red Wizards and maybe find some loot along the way. Well, no. The mission will, uh, the mission will reunite them with an unconfident wizard named Simon, who's played by Justice Smith, who was in their, uh, who was on their, who was one of their allies before they got captured. A shape-shifting druid named Dor- Dork, who is played by Sophia Lillis. And guys, let me tell you something. In this movie, this druid is, pardon my French, insanely hot okay um and by shape-shifting i mean druids have an ability called wild shape which is they can transform into any animal they want which um at first i thought it was like okay they can like transform into a mouse or something or like a horse that's pretty cool but no this woman could transform into fucking cthulhu and i'm like holy shit why can't i do this whenever i play a druid <laughs> i'm like i've played druids before and my dm has let me transform into a snake the highest I've ever transformed into was a bear, okay? And she's over here becoming fucking Godzilla. And I'm like, what? I want to do that. Why can't I do that? So, yeah, I was like, oh, my God. Druids are so overpowered. But, yeah, Sophia Lillis plays this druid named Doric, and she is hot as fuck. And a charming paladin named Zenk, which is pa- which is spelled X-E-N-K, who is played by Ray Jean Page, a name I can never not pronounce like any air quotes a team of heroes um movie these characters each bring different skill sets the group will need to accomplish their goals and the written and the writers pepper to the film with odd hurdles from the group to overcome including a cover sequence involving some undead enemies and a chubby dragon in a dungeon yeah so there's a scene where they get like chased by like a really fat dragon and he goes this dragon must have found that must have found this place this new den and the Edgen, the Harper, the bard goes, what did he eat the last one? And then the dragon like falls over and starts rolling after them. And I was in the theater and I'm surprised I didn't get kicked out for saying this. But when the dragon was rolling, I just screamed. They see me rolling. <laughs> the whole the whole theater was like, who the fuck said that? And I'm over here just like trying to shut up. So it was pretty funny. If it all sounds like it's a more it's more for fantasy gamers than everyone, well, it undeniably is. The film is filled with references to D and D name drops like Baldur like Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter, 
um, which is a place I've used before, created by audible responses during a premiere, but I won't go as far as to say the film won't work for all people who have never made a character for a campaign. Most of the references here will sound depth will sound like depth for non-gamers who may see more parallels to products like Lord of the Rings or The Witcher um, than their actual source, like of Dungeons and Dragons. It's a film that's rich in fantasy terminology in a way that seems like it, its creators um, unofficially remember creating the characters in their mom's basement when they were young. I'm sorry I made that, okay? Like, I respect to all you D&D players. I love the game. We're not nerds. And if we are, nerds rule the world. The genuine interest in the lore of D&D may be enough for some people, but what about everyone else? So I just want to say before I answer that question that... um. Neverwinter does completely sound like a fantasy world. Like, just hearing the word Neverwinter or Baldur's Gate, you can auto- pretty much automatically figure out that that it belongs in a fantasy game. Because they really do. They sound like they belong in fucking Dungeons & Dragons. Because they do. They literally sound like that. Um, affection for a source doesn't always translate to execution in terms of crap. And the filmmaking here is actually awesome it ter- in terms of flash and bangs honor among thieves works much better when it focuses on the partial effects or at least one who looks practical everything is cgi nowadays and can find a tactical quality that cgi heavy sequence lack um the cgi was actually really good in this movie i loved it the way the wild shape worked with the shape shifting it was better than like any marvel or dc shape shifting we've ever seen it was amazing um, when Edgen and his team are waking up corpses to get information, or Sophina is merely scrolling her malevolent makeup, uh, the film is more grounded than when it's drifting off the magic divine sequence of people casting spells both willy and nilly. There's also a lack, there's not, I mean, half lack, half not lack of world building in the movie um, that should be dense when it comes to the design. Forge's city looks like a generic fantasy video game setting, and the opportunity to craft interesting backdrops for these varied characteristics is really taken. Is rarely taken. It looks like the film. It looks like a film that's not. It's not going to age poorly, but not going to age insanely difficult, insanely well visually. The Forge's city does look like it, like just your generic fantasy town your generic fantasy video game setting it really does as much as i hate to admit it it does like it looks like every town you'll see in the witcher or world of warcraft or when your dm is lazy and didn't have his coffee in the morning and has to describe a town for you usually in dungeons and dragons you got to be creative with the town like with what you're describing as a dm myself you really do have to be creative with it but it is amazing and the, cra- the cast is reasonably strong, with Pine leaning into a rough charisma I've, I've always thought would have made him a massive star in the 60s. All of the cast was clearly chosen to play their strengths, with Grant applying his smarzum and Ro- Rodriguez kicking ass when needed. Um, relative newcomers, Smith and Lillis, are, efficient, are effective too, with the former finding, vul- finding some vulnerability and later be being constantly engaging as she becomes a hero. She uncertainly becomes a hero, the druid. The druid starts out hating humans, and then she ends up liking the bard and everybody else. They all become BFFs, hooray. Um, What's most shocking about this movie is how little meat there is 
on the reanimated bones, even with a bloated 139-minute routine. With, when, when a cast of characters runs for, from plan A to plan B um, and back to plan A, the constant motion doesn't allow for much else. Most of this film is, what do we do now? Again, that's fun with friends, less so when you have no control of the answers. Um, now, it's, now let's talk about some of the funny parts in this movie, some of the parts that I really laughed at. So I've mentioned the grave resurrecting scene. That scene was hilarious because, um, what was it? Uh, there was a really funny part in it that I will talk about where they were resurrecting the dead. And uh, the bard, Edgin, he goes, all right, Simon, uh, how does this work? Or He goes, how does this work? Simon's like, all right, once the dead man is revived, we can ask him five questions and then he'll be died. And, there, and, then, he'll, <laughs> and then he'll be died. And then he will uh, die again. And then he goes, um, all right, so, and then they, he goes to ask him a question. He goes, uh, all right, I forget, what is he asked? For? He goes, were you killed in the battle of Amber, Her- Amber Horse? And he goes, yes, I, yes, I was. And he goes, great. Okay, um, was that my first question? Was that my first question? And the guy goes, yes. He goes, no, that wasn't for you. <laughs> He's like, no, that wasn't for you. All right, damn it. Um, does that, he goes, no, it wasn't for you. Does that count as a question? Yes, damn it. Okay, we're down to, we did, we're down to two questions left. He goes, only answer when I talk to you. Okay, yes. And then the, and then the sorcerer is like, why would you say, why would you say okay at the end of that? He goes like, the bar goes, only talk, only answer when I talk to you, okay? Yes. Why would you say okay at the end of that? And then the dead guy goes, I didn't. And dies again. <laughs> They're like, all right, just got to find another one. And they go around ask, like just asking people like everything. And they ask this one guy who was completely useless. He's like, damn it, all right. And they leave. They answer. They ask him if it was in the battle. He says no. And so he walks away. Um, and this guy's still alive. And they're like, bro, uh, you can't just leave him undead like that. He's like, fine. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? Uh, what's one plus one? He goes, I'm not good at math. And then he died. It was re- really funny part. It was hilarious. Go to Google and search graveyard and search Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, graveyard scene. That part was hilarious. It was my probably the funniest part in the movie was when um, the sorcerer is creating an illusion of the bard to distract the guards. And the bard goes, he's singing a song, he's singing a beautiful song, he goes, in celebrate Brad, he says, like, celebrate, celebrate something. So he goes, like, celebrate, all I, I remember him saying, like, celebrate brackets or something like that. And he goes, and then he just repeats that over, over and over again. He goes, celebrate brackets, celebrate brackets, celebrate. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? And then he go, and they got some going, brah, 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 brah. Because the sorcerer is like, the sorcerer, like his, uh, the spell starts failing because he's getting distracted and his foot got stuck. So the bard starts going, brah, 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 brah. And it's like, and the bard, like the illusion's face starts contorting and, um, his like eyes start bulging out and his like his face starts his like head starts growing and his his like whole face just starts distorting and the bard turns to his sorcerer and he goes you made me you're making me look autistic <laughs> and then he's like oh crap and the thing just like explodes the illusion just like blows up it was really funny i really liked it was just it was hilarious it was a great part of the movie 
So those are probably the two funniest parts. Um, let's see. I see. I can't remember if there was anything else because yeah, I remember the end. The end was pretty good. Um, what happened in the end? He reunites with his daughter. They all become at the end. They all become BFFs, and it's hilarious. Because uh, I don't know, it was just really fun. It, it, they all become BFFs at the end, and they all love each other, and all that shit, you know. But um, yeah, it was a great movie. I liked it. Ten, I give it a good ten out of ten. Really, it was a, it was a really funny movie. Despite what I've said, it was actually a, a great movie. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. It was real. There were some really funny parts, and there was some really good. There was really good character development in it. The uh, the druid at first hates all the humans, and then then she becomes BFFs with them. And uh, uh, big plot plot twist with Forge, uh, Simon. He's a horrible sorcerer at the beginning, and then he becomes. And then becomes one of the most powerful sorcerers in the world at the end because he puts on this like wish.com helmet of fate or whatever. So oh, ap- overall, it was a really good movie. Um, I hope you guys, I recommend it to all of you. I really hope you guys go see it. I loved it. Um, all my D&D friends who haven't seen it yet, you should totally see it. It was amazing. Um, I actually saw it with Wynn from The Trees. He hasn't posted in a while. Let's, I'll get him to post. Everybody go spam the trees just go like uh, send them a bunch of voice messages spam it more whatever i don't care but anyway uh yeah bye guys um i'll see you guys on the next episode hopefully which will come out soon um yeah and remember go watch uh dungeons dragons honor of thieves it was a great movie bye